This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, Illinois is a free state, but one man finds a loophole and uses it to create a reverse underground railroad, kidnapping freed slaves and selling them back to people in slave states. This is The Backstory. trespassing. But who would want to step into an old house in disrepair in the middle of nowhere? It's been closed to the public, but why would anyone even notice or care? Most people don't know the dark history, and as the sun sets on the Crenshaw house, one man hopes to shine a light on what happens here before the Civil War. It's extremely creepy because you're going through living space, living space, and you get upstairs and it's spare wood, just a little bit of plaster left. It's quiet, it's, it's haunting. As a kid, John Musgrave's parents would bring him here when it's a tourist attraction known as the Old Slave House, a home owned by John Crenshaw, who operates a reverse underground railroad where whites kidnap blacks and sell them back into slavery. But it was all based on folklore. The first solid proof that the stories were real, that Crenshaw was actually a kidnapper, wasn't found until four days after it closed. And as far as we can tell today, this is the last station on the Reverse Underground Railroad still standing in the entire country. And his historic investigation to unravel fact from fiction reveals a surprise. The truth seems hidden like a silhouette in what some say was a virtual prison that betrays the name of this town, Equality, Illinois. It's 10 miles to the Ohio River, which separates Illinois from Kentucky, which is a slave state. The Reverse Underground Railroad is the system of criminal syndicates who were kidnapping free people of color and selling them into slavery. So just the opposite of the good Underground Railroad. How could someone keep slaves in Illinois? Illinois is a free state, but there's a loophole that's used to help harvest Illinois' booming commodity, salt. That industry was Illinois' first big industry. Within a few years of statehood, it was providing a significant portion of state revenues. Because of the manpower required, it was open to slavery. Even though we were a free state, we had a specific exemption for the use of slaves at the salt works. In 1802, the Shawnees and Kaskakia tribe engage in what's sometimes called the Great Salt War. Salt is harvested from the springs along the Saline River. 
In time, a treaty is signed with local tribes to share this treasured natural resource, at least for now. The house dates back to 1837, two decades before the Civil War begins. To lure tourists to the old slave house, later owners in the 20th century romanticized John Crenshaw as a rugged pioneer industrialist. This would be the third floor, these are the cells. They show what they claim are cells with shackles, but historians say it's all for show. Very different from the run of the mill uh, farm home in this area. Mark Johnson is with the Illinois State Historical Society. Records show Crenshaw keeps blacks as indentured servants, people who work in exchange for food and shelter. But instead of short-term contracts, the Illinois loophole helps people like Crenshaw enslave them for decades or longer. There is surviving paper, census records, for example, that tell us that Crenshaw owned slaves just outright slaves. There is also record that he apparently was connected with indentured African-Americans being moved from Illinois south. This is a transcript of the first slave registry in Gallatin County. There are records showing Crenshaw sells Maria Adams in 1842 to slave runners who transport her and her seven children to the territory of Texas. Crenshaw is charged with kidnapping, but acquitted. We don't have, to my mind, a lot of good information that Crenshaw is consistently involved in these odious activities. Some have written that obviously he wasn't caught at every bad thing he did. It's one of the problems, particularly when you're dealing with black history, is that so much of it is oral traditions that's passed down, and you don't have a big record tra paper trail. If you're living on the margins of society, sometimes you're trying to avoid officialdom so it doesn't show up. Some of these letters uh, were sent to the Sisk family who owned the house. Searching through archives, photographs, and interviewing descendants, he uncovers a surprise that brings him closer to history. Nine months into the research, when I'm coming back from the courthouse, and the circuit clerk has given me a descendant chart of Crenshaw's father-in-law, and I'm flipping through it, and it gets down to the name of my great-grandmother. And it's like, I've been researching this place eight or nine months, with not realizing that Crenshaw's wife was my great-great-great-aunt, Sina, which means John, my Uncle John. <laughs> a personal connection to a sordid chapter of history. Slaves, salt, sex, and Mr. Crenshaw, the title of John Musgrave's book. The state of Illinois shuts the home down as a tourist attraction in 1996. Town officials feel an old slave house isn't a great image for Gallatin County, and it may seem insensitive to African Americans. But John Musgrave disagrees. I decided to do what the tourism people were afraid to do. It's like, let's ask African-Americans officially, what do they think? They all supported this type of site. However, the house is still closed to the public. In fact, someone lives here. The gentleman who lives here does not want to be part of the story. 
He's somewhat of a caretaker to keep strangers away. John hasn't given up his mission to turn the Crenshaw home into a tourist attraction. You can't talk about black history and black achievement without showing what the struggles were to overcome. The state owns the house now, and it needs a lot of work. Many historic sites are meant to inspire patriotism. This one serves as a somber reminder. As the home slowly deteriorates, John Musgrave's research ensures the story it represents will persevere. Like a carpenter rehabbing a house with peeling paints and broken boards, Musgrave revives the story for the appreciation and understanding of a new generation. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.